0: what is going on friends thank you for joining us for the new vision podcast we here at new vision believe that the gospel transforms lives so we're going to take an opportunity to open up god's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like jesus hey guys hope you're doing well cloud with you today and i hope this podcast finds you well wherever you are and whenever you happen to be listening to it Well, where we are, if you're following along with us, is in the book of John. And we said this is to complement a sermon series uh, called Back to the Basics this summer that we've been doing, talking about, hey, back to the basics. It's Family Worship Month. What do do people think about God, sin, salvation, baptism, the Lord's Supper, all that thing? And to complement that, to go along with that, when you say Back to the Basics, One of the ones people take people through is the Gospel of John. And so maybe you're listening to this when it comes out, or maybe you found this and someone's like, hey, uh, talking about discipleship, you know, check out, out, let's go back to the basics. Let's look at beginner stuff and let's go to the book of John. And so maybe you found it later after the fact. So either way, I hope this is beneficial to you. And today we've got a big section of John. We've got John most of chapter 7. But I'm going to read verses 1 through 31. And so this is this where this takes place in the story. This is right after, you know, Jesus has fed the 5,000. Y'all know that story probably. He's walked on water. You've probably heard that before. He's talked about how he's the bread of life and he's really kind of confusing his disciples. And, you know, obviously he's, these are huge crowds that are following Jesus and they're seeing all these miracles and these signs. He's the sensation. But also his opposition is growing. And so people are going to have to choose what to do with Jesus. And things are eventually going to come to a head. But we kind of ratchet up that tension, kind of starting here in this section of Jesus' ministry. So this is John chapter 7, verses 1 through 31. I'm actually going to read out of the NIV this time, since it's a huge chunk of Scripture. So this is about Jesus going to the festival of the tabernacles. After this, Jesus went around in Galilee. He did not want to go about in Judea because the Jewish leaders were looking for a way to kill him. But when the Jewish festival of tabernacles was near, Jesus' brothers said to him, these are his half-brothers, his brothers said to him, Leave Galilee and go to Judea so that your disciples there may see the works you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world for even his own brothers did not believe in him. Verse 6, Therefore Jesus told them, My time is not yet here, for you any time will do. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me, because I testify that its works are evil. You go to the festival. I'm not going up to this festival, because my time has not yet fully come. After he said this, he stayed in Galilee. However, after his brothers had left for the festival, he also went, not publicly, but in secret. Now at the festival, the Jewish leaders were watching for Jesus and asking, Where is he? Among the crowds, there was widespread whispering about him. Some said, He's a good man. Others replied, No, he deceives the people. But no one would say anything publicly about him for fear of the leaders. Not until halfway through the festival did Jesus go up to the temple courts and begin to teach. The Jews there were amazed and asked, How did this man get such learning without having been taught? Jesus answered, My teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him... Is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. Has not Moses given you the law? Yet not one of you keeps the law. Why are you trying to kill me? You're demon possessed, the crowd answered. Who is trying to kill you? Jesus said to them, I did one miracle, and you are all amazed. Yet, because Moses gave you circumcision, though it actually did not come from Moses but from the patriarchs, you circumcise a boy on the Sabbath. Now, if a boy can be circumcised on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses may not be broken, why are you angry with me for healing a man's whole body on the Sabbath? Stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. At that point, some of the people in Jerusalem began to ask, Isn't this the man they are trying to kill? Here he is, speaking publicly, but they are not saying a word to him. Have the authorities really concluded that he is the Messiah? But we know where this man is from. When the Messiah comes, no one will know where he's from. Then Jesus, still teaching in the temple courts, cried out, Yes, you know me, and you know where I am from. I am not here on my own authority, but he who sent me is true. You do not know him, but I know him because I am from him, and he sent me. At this they tried to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. Still many in the crowd believed in him. They said, when the Messiah comes, will he perform more signs than this man? And so I'm gonna cut it short there at verse thirty one. We see this, it's a really cool story. I mean, it's just you know, he's kinda of hiding himself, doing he's 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 about something else, right? He's he's like, My time has not yet come. His brothers, his half-brothers, um, are like, You you should go go public, man. You you know, start your primetime TV show or something, like get some more. Some more publicity and and Jesus is like, nah, like I've already I've already done enough signs and wonders to show people like they have to do something with me. I'm actually here to die for their sins. <laughs> that's it's a whole other mission. And so people just aren't getting that. And so he goes to this festival in secret and he's kind of speaking cryptically. People just don't know what to do with him. And so I think that's one of the big things in this text is that You have to choose what to do with Jesus. Now, if you're listening to this, you're more than likely a Christian. Maybe you're a new believer. And, you know, this is maybe preaching to the choir. But I think this is beneficial for all of us, whether you've been a Christian for two weeks or 20 years. Because, you know, we're called to make disciples out of other people. And so part of discipleship is that replication process. We're following Jesus and we have others follow us like we're following Jesus so that they follow Jesus. It's this replication of the 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 faith of what it means to be a disciple. And so we have to choose what to do with Jesus. And so you can put this to people like, hey, man, I'm a Christian I'm been a Christian here's what happened in my life. here's my testimony, but you've got to choose too, just like these people did in the story of John chapter seven. And so a couple of the points I wrote down for just kind of subpoints for this text we, we there's many points that could be made, but the first one I wrote is, proximity to Jesus does not guarantee saving faith. Proximity to Jesus does not guarantee saving faith. We saw that in verse 3. His brothers, these half-brothers of Jesus, they're like, leave here, go to Judea that your disciples may see. You know, He's almost like they're trying to be his PR agent. And it's like they weren't even really believing in Jesus. They thought he was crazy. We see that in other parts of the gospel accounts. They're like, all right, Jesus, like, you know, and then you have James, his half brother. Eventually, writes one of the epistles, and uh, he's calling him God, right? So eventually, they become converted, right? When if you call your sibling or your stepbrother your God, and you start to worship your half brother, I mean, like that's that's a pretty f- profound testimony that Jesus is who He says He is. They eventually become saved, but you know, here obviously they're not believing. They're like, "Ugh, Jesus! All right, come show yourself, dude! Like, if you say who you, if you are who you say you are." You know, and so anyways, proximity to Jesus does not guarantee saving faith. They eventually get saved. But this applies to us in 2022. You know, you can go to church all your life because you're, you're, your mom wants you to, your grandmama wants you to, and you go, all right, going to be there on Sunday and then go to the buffet afterwards. Like I've done that for how many years, right? You can be in church all your life, just like you could be in the nation of Israel your whole life and not have saving faith, and not really be looking for your Messiah, your Savior. He will take your sin and make you right with God. And so we see that proximity to Jesus does not guarantee saving faith. And then uh, as a follow-up to that, this kind of, you know, juxtaposition between the crowds, and they're like, oh, what do you think? Who do you think he is? And they're not talking, you know, openly because they're afraid. Well, what do the leaders think? Like, we can't go, all right, what's going to happen here? And so I, I, I stole this from C.S. Lewis, but we see in this text what C.S. Lewis called the Lord, lunatic, or liar. Like, you've got to choose. Jesus is either Lord, he's a lunatic, or he's a liar. Like, you have to choose one of those three. And so we see all those kind of categories in this text. We, ju- we, we just saw that, you know, lunatic. His own family kind of thought he was a bit nuts. We see that in other gospel accounts. So there's the lunatic, like, he's our half-brother. Oh, bless his heart. All right, he's he thinks he's... He's got delusions of grandeur. Oh, all right, buddy. Like So there's that people kind of, oh, Jesus, oh, all right. He's probably just a wacko back then. And, you know, he's a lunatic. So we've already seen that. And then we also see people who, who think Jesus is a liar, just straight up. Like people, you know, people like this that are just in opposition to the gospel, in opposition to anything Christianity. You see that in verse 12. There was much muttering about him among the people, while some said he's a good man. Others said, no, he's leading people astray. And you see that all the time now. Like atheists are saying, you know, organized religion is the worst thing to happen to mankind. And all these wars are caused by religion and blah, blah, blah. Like they're basically just saying, "Uh, Jesus is a liar. I mean, this is straight up lies and it's going to cause harm to people. And so you see that reaction to Jesus. And then at the end of verse 31, you see this kind of positive reaction. Yet many of the people still believed in Him. And they said, when Christ appears, well, will He do more signs than this? I mean, like, we have all the evidence we need. Who, how could He do more than this? And it says many people believed in Him. And so, let the text convince you. Maybe someone sent this to you and you're, you're not sure about Christianity. Make your mind up. I mean, you got three categories for Jesus, and it's up to you. He's either a Lord, lunatic, or a liar. But I know for me personally what Jesus has done in my life and completely transformed the way I see the world and, and you know, not just a bad person who's improved a little but a dead person who's become alive, spiritually alive and my life will never be the same because of what Jesus did for me. He is who he says he is. He did what he said he did. He defeated death and the guy that gets up out of the grave, well, we should listen to what he says. He's the Lord of my life. Is he the Lord of yours? Hope this has been helpful for you guys, whether you're listening to this to yourself or you're maybe you're sending it to a, a friend of yours. Hopefully you stick with us and we'll see you back on Monday for another New Vision podcast.